Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action. Our podcast is dedicated to parents of children struggling with the effects of trauma and attachment disorders and the caseworkers, coordinators, and other professionals who support them. Your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, will introduce you to Michelle Robeson, who will discuss her work on attachment across the lifespan. Michelle Robeson has over 20 years of therapeutic experience, working primarily with adolescents and children with severe trauma and attachment issues. Michelle, who is a certified TheraPlay therapist, trainer, and supervisor, was a key player in the development and implementation of Chaddock's Developmental Trauma and Attachment Program, where she was the lead therapist and later the Associate Director of Clinical Services. Michelle currently serves as the administrator of Artesia Christian Home in Artesia, California, and was a featured contributor in the Attachment Theory in Action, Building Connections Between Children and Parents, edited by Karen Doyle Buckwalter and Shadox President and CEO, Debbie Reed. Attachment Theory in Action is available on Amazon in hardcover, paperback, and Kindle formats. And now, your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter. Okay, I am here with Michelle Robinson for the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to talk with you today. Um, I have to share with the listeners that Michelle and I go way back and worked many years together at Chaddock. Um, and she is in a different setting now. Um, and I'm going to let her share a little bit about that um, and then get into our topic, which is going to be attachment across the lifespan. So, Michelle, if you could just share a little bit about your background in general and then what you're doing now. Sure. Well, thank you, Karen. I'm so excited to be here and um, to talk about um, all of this with you. Um, my background is working um, in hospice. I've done um, Working, worked with uh, mental health in with adults with severe mental illness. And then I started, uh, wanted to find out what do these people look like as children. And so that's how I got involved in um, adolescent work at Chaddock, working with trauma and attachment, um, where I did that for about 16 years, um, helping Karen to develop the dra developmental trauma and attachment program at Chaddock. And so TheraPlay was really foundational uh, for my work. Um, and has really um, moved through almost every aspect of training um, that I have, have done and has really been a, a jumping off point for me as far as working with kids who have attachment and trauma issues. Um, and so currently I am um, moving into the executive director role at the Artesia Christian Home in Artesia, California. Um, and part of what I've done um, is opened up um, a new memory care program um, that focuses on um, working with people from a TheraPlay perspective. Um, and so I've really worked to try to infuse the knowledge and expertise that I've gained at Chaddock working with that population of children um, onto the, onto the um, population of the elderly because I see such a need for that. Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, thinking about TheraPlay because um, sometimes people think TheraPlay is mainly for fairly young children and don't even think about using it with, with adolescents the way we have so extensively at Chaddock, but you're taking it a step further and, and with adults and not just adults 
the aging population. And I just think it's such an exciting concept to be thinking about attachment across the lifespan and how can we meet those needs. Right. And it is such a huge need, you know, because as we think about the aging population, we know that, you know, they need the very things that all of us need. They need to be touched. They need to be cared for. They need to be noticed. They need to have joyful interactions with people. Um, aside from the basic needs of being, you know, having their food help, help with their food and, and all of those things. And I think we so often, um, struggle to find ways to engage, you know, um, people who have dementia and to pull them out as we need to enter into, you know, interactions with them. They don't initiate that on their own anymore. And so TheraPlay is just such a perfect paradigm to put, you know, um, to put alongside uh, this work because it, it allows you to um, enter into relationships using engagement. It allows you to facilitate connections, you know, in surprising and joyful ways. Um, and, you know, we need to be able to help people maintain independence. So, you know, following um, along the lines of the challenge dimension, that allows us to continue to um, stretch our residents and give them opportunities to feel competent and, and like they still matter in the world and they can still influence the world, even if, you know, outside of that brief moment of time, they may forget that in that moment in time, they felt successful. Um, and so, you know, I have just found it to be such a wonderful um, way to, to really help dementia residents um, establish and connect with people that they're working with and their families. Yeah, well, I know you and I had spoken about before you left to, to work there where you are in California about Bowlby's quote, you know, from the cradle to the grave, you know, we, we all have our attachment needs. We all need a safe haven and a secure base. And it's interesting to think about, you know, how do you accomplish that in group care for the elderly? Like, how do you make it um, a secure base and safe haven for them? And it seems like therapy, play, and we should share that you're doing group therapy. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, there, yes. Um, and interesting to think about how being in groups like that together can meet those attachment needs. And I love how you broke it down into the dimensions. Um, how do you feel just in general, like it's meeting their needs to, to have that feeling of, connection? Well, I feel like um, being in a group setting allows them to be present with other people, you know, so it's really important that they feel connected because they aren't going to do that on their own. So we have what we call, um, we're calling them now sunrise and sunset circles that we do twice a day twice a day um, in the morning and in the evening um, with group TheraPlay to really just have you know, a brief moment of time, 30 minutes of time where they're um, feeling connected to someone because someone is saying their name. Um, they might be being introduced to someone sitting next to them. You know, they probably are doing that on a regular basis, but you know, they're in that moment meeting someone and, and having some familiarity with them. Um, we're incorporating a lot of touch. We're incorporating, you know, the senses. So we have aromatherapy um, going in the room. 
Uh, we do massages at the end of um, every um, group meeting. Um, so there's lots of singing and there's lots of, of movement and, and rhythm and hand clapping and, you know, all those things that are so necessary, you know, for uh, facilitating connections and attachment you know we know that right brain development is is happening in 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 children you know we're hoping yeah. that their play helps to impact that my my question and my desire is I, I want to think that this type of therapy this type of interaction is helping their right brain in whatever capacity that it still is able to function um, interact, interact and relate better to the people that they're living with and my hope is that by doing this we're going to see a decrease in you know those agitating um, difficult behaviors um, mm -hmm. we recently added the theraplay group to the evening because of course that's when sundowning happens and so, you know, the, the hypothesis is that, you know, we're going to see a decrease in behaviors, which we have already seen as a result of doing the, the, the work. You know, we have residents who are going to bed at a more normal time and they're staying asleep, you know, for the whole night as opposed to um, sleeping throughout the day more, um, you know, taking um, uh, cat naps and then waking up in the middle of the night. Um, the staff members are, are reporting that, you know, they're, they're being able to maintain that sleep pattern more. I mean, and, and, you know, we have a pretty extensive, um, program activity program for them, um, which, you know, is based on, um, TheraPlay and also based on, you know, best practice, um, for dementia. Um, but it, it is, you know, I think, proving itself already that the residents are benefiting from it, the families are benefiting from it, and the staff are benefiting from it because they're finding purpose in what to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Right, so um, something that's sticking out, well, first of all, it's super exciting that you're already seeing that impact yeah. in yes. terms of the evening group, and yeah. um, it, there's so many similarities between the work that we do at Chat because bedtime, is a difficult time for the kids that we worked with at Chaddock. And now here you're in that setting, the same thing. So it's so interesting. But the other thing that you mentioned was doing the massage. Now is that like hand massages or? or we, yeah, doing hand massages with lotion, but we also okay. are doing back massages. So okay. we'll, we'll, we have little, um, fuzzy uh, bean bags and so the staffers the caregivers they take the bean bags and they just gently roll those bean bags on their back um, so you know we don't want to be too hard you know we don't we have to watch you know the skin and and everything of our residents so we just want to gently do it and they absolutely love it in fact they're starting now to to kind of anticipate it in some way that they know that this is coming. And so we say, you know, oh, are you ready for your massage? Oh yes, they're ready for their massage. You know, they're ready, they're ready for that. Um, and I wanna also say that we we were seeing improvement in sleep with the morning, with only implementing the morning um, group. Wow. So um, by adding the evening group, we're hoping that um, we're, we'll be able to help regulate and calm them, you know, get them kind of prepared for bed um, even more, you know, that, mm -hmm. there, that there will be a, because some of them are, are um, have more difficulty, of course, at different times. And so I would see if we begin to see individuals who are struggling, my goal is then to have the staff start to utilize some of those TheraPlay-like interventions on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Now, my staff are not there yet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this is, in order to get this all, this is not me doing this. 
I think that's important to say too. I'm not the one doing it. I have had, had I've trained my activity um, uh, director. Um, you are a TheraPlay trainer. I don't know. Yes, I am. I am a TheraPlay trainer, supervisor, certified in TheraPlay, and I've trained them on TheraPlay. I've trained them on attunement. I've trained them on, you know, noticing and paying attention and, and you know, using language like um, from Michael Trout of wondering and following and, and really tried to infuse the idea, attachment theory and attachment ideas into these, you know, uh, entry-level caregivers so mm -hmm. that they have the ability to find some purpose in, in and, and be purposeful in their interactions with residents as opposed to just reacting to whatever it is that the residents are giving them. So I, I anticipate this is going to be a process that, you know, over time, my caregivers are going to become more experienced and more understanding of, of um, the art of attachment and the art of connecting with people. And therefore, then we'll see, you know, better outcomes um, or ongoing outcomes, continued outcomes. Um, it's just so neat to see the staff say, you know, I think we need some more engagement in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Which is like, I, I'm, I mean, this is a 20-year caregiver whose jo job has been to pass medications, to um, help residents in, in the morning get ready for bed and all those kind or get ready for, for the day. Um, but this isn't someone who has, has had a lot of education, um, you know, uh, in, in regards to relationship building and attachment. And mm -hmm. so for her then- It's not a mental health worker or no, anything. No, this is, this is a caregiver. And so for um, that person then to be able to um, speak that language is just so, um, is so positive and so exciting. And I just really parallel this process to what we did at, at Chaddock. I mean, I've, I've essentially been taken a lot of, you know, the experiences and, and the ideas of, of infusing fair play into a milieu setting into, you know, opening this memory care and into the whole program. I mean, it's attachment, relationships, attunement, all of that knowledge has just, is what this program is based on. And I'm so excited about it. Right. And I mean, we're, we're talking a lot about the TheraPlay groups because that's a very specific thing. Right. What you're saying is you're just bringing the whole mindset, you know, as you said, things that we've learned from Michael Trout and yes. all the different things that we've learned about attachment and connection. Something else I was thinking about um, as you were talking also is being in group care, you would think people can't be lonely. Right. But I think you found through doing the groups that they were around people, but they didn't feel connected to people, right? In, exactly. in some ways. Exactly. I, when I first started um, doing the, this work, um, I did it in um, our assisted living um, program. And I probably had 20, 25 people in my group, which is too big. But you know, I'm not going to throw people away. Um, but what they said when I followed up with them afterward was, um, this helped me get to know my know the people that I live with, because we were doing introductions, we were shaking hands up to our neighbors, we were welcoming people by name, we were speaking people's names out loud. And they said, I don't know anybody but who sits at my table. 
And so then we began at, to speak like to at meals or something. At meal times, yeah, at meal times, meal time table. They didn't know anybody else, and I mean, there are sixty people here, and they didn't have the ability to, you know, extend themselves in that way. And so, you know, what was neat about it with, with doing this kind of intervention is that they began to spontaneously say hello to each other in the hallway, which one would argue is right brain impaction, right? I mean, one would say that 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 by doing that group the the right brain or the the brain is being impacted in a way that is now you know having this this initiation of of um thinking about hey i'm going to say hello to the person in the hallway because i've done that before mm -hmm. um so i think there's what's so exciting about this is that you know in the world of of the brain we we know a lot about the brain and we're learning about the adolescent brain and we're we're learning dementia is exploding and you know we know that there are so many people who have dementia um but what do we know about the impact of these types of interventions on a, a brain with, of someone who has dementia mm -hmm. i don't yeah, so it's interesting too seeing, um, you know, you started with the assistant living, so right. these more independent, higher functioning people, and you saw really significant impact there. And then now moving it to the dementia unit, it is quite interesting. You almost wish you could, you know, have a grant to do scans on their brains or something as you're going through this process. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I have just had contact with a young man, Philip Daniels in Florida, who's doing a um, dissertation and he recently contacted me and visited and, and we got to talking and he's super excited about what he's already seen in the short amount of time that we've been open and, you know, talking about, you know, how can we test, can we utilize cortisol in any way? Can we, can we, you know, be looking at, um, you know, doing some grants for scans? Can we, can we prove that, you know, this way of intervening with people um, is having significant enough, you know, impacts on them brain-wise, behaviorally, psychotropically? You know, we all know that in the world of, of elderly population, decreasing psych psychotropic medications for behavioral purposes is huge. Um, we're looking at alternative interventions all the time. And so one of the things he said about the program that we've developed is that almost every single alternative intervention that you would be looking at, we've tried to and, and have been um, infused into our program. So, you know, music is huge. Lots of um, exercise and movement and um, sensory experiences and um, aromatherapy and therapy interventions, and which is relationship building and connecting and joy and engagement. Um, all of those things to really try to enhance and create a home-like environment, which then, as we know, if a, if a resident is in a home-like environment, um, their ability to learn to trust is going to be much higher. Mm -hmm. you know, they're gonna, they're, and as they develop trust with their caregivers, they're going to feel more at home. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really just kind of goes hand in hand with... Um, the benefit of, of of doing a program like this and and um i think a lot of people know the benefit of course you have to have relationships of course you have to say a person's name of course you know touch is important but because of the training and expertise that i've gotten over the years um i've been able to help really streamline this information for my caregivers who you know, as I had this experience, when I began to look through the lens of TheraPlay and through the lens of attachment, they're beginning to see it as well. And so to me, 
as much as it is important for this particular place to have attachment, you know, infused into their program, this is a, a way of doing care that I think needs to be shared with the, the, the world, you know, for more caregivers to have the opportunity to learn the benefits of, of this type of interacting and, and, you know, TheraPlay dimension, so to speak. TheraPlay has, um, you know, courses for teachers, you know, sunshine circles, things like that. Um, I think that, you know, being able to apply this to the world of a caregiver and, and teach, you know, um, entry-level caregivers, this is, is an important um, opportunity that, that that we need to in the attachment community really look at right yes um another <laughs> place is looking at families mm -hmm. and i know you know personally as you know my mother died of alzheimer's and in the latter years when i was going there and she really you know she wasn't recognizing us or or anything like that um but my father and my sister would go visit her and because of that they just kind of sit there with her and so i said let's see if she'll catch a ball you know and just had like a soft beach ball kind of like something big enough um and i threw it to her and she caught it and so you know then we're we're you know passing the ball around and there's some laughter and there's some smiling and they would have never imagined that she could even catch a ball. Right. Um, and so they're like, we don't think of, of doing anything like this with her. I think when dementia sets in, families are at such a loss that they don't know what to do except just sit there in the room with the person. Exactly. Um, and the other thing um, was singing. If you would sing and, um, you know, maybe listeners know or not, but many people who have lost speech can still sing a song. Um, and so I think I would like to hear like any impact this has had with families visiting or, or things like that. Um, for sure. So, you know, one of the things that, um, I've done alongside the staff, I've done training. We have residential um, or we have um, council meetings, family council meetings. And so I've brought to the family council meeting, you know, information about TheraPlay and shared with them, you know, about these groups and why we're doing these groups and really the theory behind it, really trying to help them understand that this very experiential, um, type of working with your loved one is really important because sometimes people think of it oh you're just you're speaking down to them or you're um, doing things that are too childish and um, so I, I found it to be really important to first make sure that they understood why we were doing it, sharing the, the dimensions. I shared a worksheet with them called Sync Your Day, which basically went through structure, engagement, nurture, and challenge so that they could really see the types of ways that we infuse these dimensions. Um, did some activity with them, um, and then invite them to participate in the group. So when they come to visit, then they can be right alongside their loved one doing the group with them. And to see their loved one respond to it, I think is so impactful. And we had, um, I did a follow-up um, group with the, the family council, you know, talking about how things are going and, and they are just so pleased, you know, they just are so happy about the responsiveness that the loved one is having. Um, they, you know, are feeling positive about their experiences at the Artesia Christian home, which, you know, no one wants to be in a facility. 
And mm -hmm. so, you know, for, for family members to have to make that decision to put them in memory care is really challenging. And, and are they going to be able to take care of them in the way that I need, that I want them to be taking care of them? Are they going to be okay? And so for them to come in and see their loved one responding in the way that they do gives them a sense of peace gives them a sense of they're being taken care of. I can relax. I, I know, I trust these people to do a good job, you know, and I think that's important. And, and, and then alongside that, the staff are, are developing relationships with the, the family members. We invite family members to come anytime. You know, they're welcome to come anytime. We um, really encourage them to sit at meal times with them. So we give them complimentary meals once a day with one, one resident, um, a family member uh, per day. Um, so, you know, that then gives them something they can do together as opposed to just sitting next to each other like you're talking about. Um, right, so right. Singing, of course, you know, we use lots of singing. Um, we begin and end the same way with You Are My Sunshine, which, you know, people are like, well, that's a childish song. My response to that is, this is a song they remember. This is a song they know, and they can sing the words to it, and they do. They sing every single word, and they sing the second verse. Um, and um, then there are other songs that, that they um, have incorporated into it, such as um, Where Is and then the Name of the Person. And the neat thing about that is, and this is something my staff came up with. This was not something I, you know, shared with them. They came up with the song, you know, Where Is um, Mary? And then, you know, where is Mary? Where is Mary? And then spontaneously, Mary said, here I am. Oh, that's great. Here I am. That's great. And then, very pleased to meet you. Very pleased to meet you. Come again, come again. And they went around the whole circle with that. And the residents spontaneously did that. And you see their personalities coming out in, every sing in, in those interactions. So I'm right here, you know, from, from someone or, uh, you know, a, a playful banter from a, from a man, you know, is I don't know. You know, just it, it, it really... It really shows their personality is still there. It, it gives them some confidence. You know, they're say, saying their name confidently. They know their name. Um, it's just really beautiful. I mean, I can't, I was almost in tears when I saw that. And I was so proud of the staff and so excited. Um, and there were families that were, um, that were there observing that. And I think it just gives them, gives them a sense of, of comfort would be my guess. Mm -hmm. Well, I think too, as you're talking, <laughs> I'm thinking playfulness across the span. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe sometimes with this population, thinking that we want to preserve their dignity and somehow thinking that means don't be playful or don't do fun, silly things. When really that we need ways to play all across the lifespan too. Yes. And so it's, it, well, Michelle, it's such an amazing thing that you're doing. It makes me feel a little bit, just a little bit better about not being able to have you at Chaddock. <laughs> <laughs> well, God brought us together, you know, for a very specific reason. And yeah. I really feel that, um, I really feel that I have just been able to take all of that experience and training and lay that right on top of, you know, this, um, population of dementia and, you know, elderly, which I think is so needed. 
you know, there having having that level of expertise, I think, is so important for this very vulnerable population. Because, you know, as I, when I first got into it and and went in to get the administrator training and all of that, you know. For an RCFE administrator, which is assisted living, there aren't a lot of requirements. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, I think I think that, you know, having this kind of, of experience and the colleagues that I have and the and the resources that I've um, had the opportunity to, to look at and read benefits the families, benefits the residents, benefits the staff, benefits the organization. I mean, it's just in my mind, it's a very exciting time. Well, what a great note to end on, and I, I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk about this. It's, it's really heartwarming and exciting, and I think if you don't have a waiting list, you're certainly going to, and I really also look forward to um, maybe being able to teach this to others and implement this in other places, so it's, it's wonderful what you're doing, and thank you for your time today. Thank you so much and I so appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak about this important topic. All right, thanks. Yeah, bye. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Attachment Theory in Action. Please follow our site, TraumaAttachmentCenter.com or subscribe to our iTunes channel for future podcasts. If you enjoyed our broadcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, log on to TraumaAttachmentCenter.com. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, developmental trauma, and attachment theory.